from New York, it's Ask This Engineer. Hey, 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 it's time for another wonderful Wednesday Ask Engineer with me, Lady Ada, the stay-at-home, staying safe engineer. With me is Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. That's right. Getting questions answered. Yeah, we're here uh, on a, a period of time. We are at the factory, and we are in full PPE when we are in the factory, just to let everyone know. But we live together. So yeah, I always have so to. That's why I always have okay. to do the thing. Live together here, married, so we run into each other occasionally. A lot. So like we'll, in the kitchen, like somehow we're always in the kitchen at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and our entire team, which I'll talk about later, has been safe and smart. Adafruit's fully open, and we'll talk about that and more. So this is Ask an Engineer. We do the show every single week, that's 8 p.m. Right. I'm going to tell everybody what's on the show. Yes, please. Okay. On tonight's show. Staying safe. Adafruit is staying safe. We are shipping ship, ship, all ship, ship. orders. We are caught up. We are getting to everything. Yes. When you place an order, the pre-COVID photo, pre-COVID photo, <laughs> pre-COVID photo, it supports us, an open source hardware company in New York City, 100% woman-owned and now certified woman-owned. Oh, when right. you purchase something, it helps us. It supports us. It keeps us in business. Today was payroll. We paid everyone. We have had no layoffs, no furloughs, no cut hours, cut hours no cut pay. Um, it is tough. It is painful. It is the right thing to do. We're going to continue to do it, but we can only do it when you place an order. So thank you. Lady, I'll talk about who is on the show and tell. We do show and tell every single week at 7 p.m. We have a full hour of people showing, sharing their projects. Lady, I'll talk about that and more. JP's workshop will get a preview of what's ahead, and we'll do a make code minute. Towards the end of the show, we have Python on Hardware with Katni. It is a look back of all the things going on in the world on Python on Hardware in video format, which is based on our weekly newsletter. Almost 8,000 people read it every single week. Time travel, look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers, current news, and more. Some main factory footage live here from New York. We're making stuff. We we're manufacturing are, a storm. We are, not only were we probably the only manufacturer manufacturing electronics in New York, but we are for sure now. For now, yeah. <laughs> the only manufacturer. So we'll show and share that. 3D printing, no Pedro, printing up storm. We'll be showing their projects and more this week. We have DigiKey and Adafruit Presents. I on NPI. Everyone's getting into I on NPI now. This one's now. getting good. NPI, yeah. new product introduction. Everyone is doing that now. I'm glad we could lead the way with our partner, DigiKey. We'll have a new product this week. Yes. Speaking of, we'll do new products. We'll do some top secret. We'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, where you can join all 21,000 of us. Guess what? We'll be up to 22,000 probably by the end of the week. Cool. All that and more on, you guessed it. Dun, da, da. Ask an engineer. Yay. This is our together time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Yeah, every single week we come together. I know. We do but it. We're so close. We do it. Uh, well, no, I mean as a community, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. But also we're like, you know. Physically. Yeah, we normally don't. Uh, La Lady Ada has her engineering desk. I have my, yeah. like, answering email desk. I guess that's what I do. <laughs> uh, and, that's uh, what I also answer. Yeah, we also do a lot of email. Um but let's uh, let's start the show. Let's kick it off. So show and tell is every week, 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. Eastern time, every Wednesday. We've been doing it for about a decade, and we've extended it during COVID times because a lot of people were building projects, and that is still true. So we have a full hour, and we have a lot of people who show up 
Lady Ada, who's on the show and tells this week, and what did they share? I'm glad you asked. We had Jeff, who came by with a Sam E54 dev board from Microchip, showing off that it now has CircuitPython support, and he uses that board to add SDIO support to CircuitPython. Check that out in 6.0 beta. Uh, it's available now at circuitpython.org. Erin uh, showed off her LED crackable bullwhip. She always wanted one. Um, she does uh, like light shows. Well, maybe not so much lately, but uh, she'll get back to doing light shows and uh, LED bullwhips are pretty cool uh, and they make a nice loud crack. Uh, we also have a video and we'll talk about the guide later on the show. Phil B has been playing around with um, OB7670 cameras and the Sammy 51s parallel port camera input. And uh, he showed how you can turn one into a DIY microscope. Like, it actually works pretty well, which is pretty neat. Um, Melissa has uh, Pi Portal working on the FT232H. It's a USB to SPI uh, and GPIO adapter that we have CircuitPython library support for. And she showed that, yes, you can even run display I.O. code um, on your computer and display it, which is pretty cool. Um, and a guide is forthcoming. Brian has been hacking on headlamps. Um, adding gigantic batteries and boost converters uh, to make a headlamp that will last all day. It's a Harbor Freight special, but it's a good deal. No and Pedro, shut off this week's 3D printing projects. We'll also show a video about the hourglass based on uh, Carter's uh, time triangle thing, which was based off of an Instagram project that we saw and were inspired by. Uh, he also previewed a collaboration with Liz uh, called uh, like Blinka Hoops or something. I don't actually, I just wrote down hoops. GP showed off a uh, Clue MIDI demo, uh, how to make a Bealy MIDI like wireless uh, Clue project and showed off the interface for that and also some hot tips on how to coil USB cables to look like old style uh, phone cords um, or uh, look like uh, plug-in plugs for uh, modular synthesizers. Um, Oh, sorry, I put this a lot, but Kevin uh, came up first. Kevin from DigiKey uh, came by, uh, gave us an update. Uh, they're still working remote, and everybody who does uh, the email answering, like you do, Phil, they do, they do that remotely. The warehouse is staffed. It's safe. Uh, they've got PPE. They've been uh, desanitizing sanitizing everything. And um, he also showed off a DIY AMG 8833 thermal camera project that he's building off a of feather. Uh, to maybe make a fever detector. Then from the community, Chris Young came by, showed off this guide uh, that just got published on how to make two-player games for the for Arduino and Arcada using Feather or Pi Badge. M0 uh, had a really snazzy demo on how to program a open-source synthesizer board using MultiFlash, which is a standalone programmer um, based on our Adafruit DAP library, so we can uh, program these very fast with a standalone uh, OLED feather. It's exactly what we designed uh, this kind of project for. And the code is on GitHub. GitHub. It's called MultiFlash. Carrie uh, is teaching uh, Steam Camp remotely, virtually, and showed off a Beagle, uh, sorry, a breadboard project that's based off the SparkFun Weevil Eye design kit. Orlando showed off his smartwatch. He's working on it for his PhD. It's a rehab assist for people. Uh, so that if they have uh, heart issues or respiratory issues or motion issues, uh, they'll get uh, notification and uh, maybe it'll alert their nurse or uh, uh, assistant to uh, get them help soon. And uh, he's been working on the stats detection, like what is the user doing? Are they lying down? Are they walking? Are they running? Did they fall? 
And uh, he said, it's just a bunch of if statements, but it works really well. And you know what? Sometimes an if statement is all you really need to make something work. Greg's build uh, showed off the BBBB, the boredom-busting bowtie board. It's a bowtie that is built with an ATtiny85 and OLED, and it plays Breakout. A little neat magnetic snap, too. Yeah, a little too. magnetic snap. That's yeah. cool. It yeah. was a, definitely a wearable Wednesday project and an electronics project uh, all in one People with all the things. People love bow ties. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Bow ties are the best. Mark has updated uh, his weather station with a Feather e-ink, a Feather Wing 1500 with an e-ink display. And David came by and showed off uh, the Rover Wing. It's an octagonal Feather robot rover driver, robot driver. Uh, that you plug a feather into. It's got encoder input, sonar input, motor drivers, and there's a Kickstarter. Search for Rover Wing and check it yeah, out. Yeah, part of the feather ecosystem now. It is now. Rover Wing takes flight. You don't have a choice. All right. You're part of it. Yep. Okay. All participants on the show and tell get an asking on the show and tell sticker. One more shipping stickers again, which is pretty much soon. Um, it's happening because we have our team on site. New York has been part of phased uh, return to work. So even though we were an essential business and we were doing face shields and electronics, like ventilator parts for the city and the state, um, we wanted to make sure we could return safe and smart. So we also didn't want to like, okay, let's um, delay other orders mm -hmm. because, you know, we have to ship stickers or something like that. So we're getting back to that yeah. because we have capacity. We're so. also still dealing with essential orders. People who email, like, this is for we, COVID stuff. Yeah. We are. Um, there's different parts of the country that um, we uh, make and sell PPE, so they need it. Um, so anyways, we'll uh, we'll continue to have the show and tell every single week, 7 p.m. It's part of our Adafruit live series of shows. Don't forget, this is Ask an Engineer, 8 p.m. every Wednesday, and show and tell. That's what you're watching right now. That's what you're watching right now, and then show and tell just happened. JP show is tomorrow. JP's workshop, and here is a preview of the 2020 Lucio Blaster Circuit Python edition. Here's a little bit of what you're going to see tomorrow at 4 p.m. Tuesday, we have Make Code Live with John Park. You can check that out. And also, we have a Make Code Minute every single week, which is part of JP's workshop. It's so true. If you, um, and you know, I'm seeing. If you're learning from home, make I'm code seeing a great. lot of teachers that they're um, trying to get the word out to other teachers. They're like, hey, we have to teach coding, and we also have to do block code. We have to do this stuff. Also, we only have a $20 per student budget. All or these just things. use a simulator. Or use a zero simulator. Dollar budget, yeah. um, but they're getting the word out. So if you have a Circuit Playground Express, go to makecode.adafruit.com and check it out. But um, every week, and you can go back in time and watch these uh, for like the last year plus. Um, they're good forever. Check out the Make Code Minute with JP, and you'll always learn something about Make Code. So take it away, JP. I'm going to head just to this singular view here, uh, and I'll bring up my Chrome browser, which is what you're looking at right there. And what I wanted to show today in the Make Code Minute is the new makecode.com slash streamer service and site. So this is really cool. This is uh, something that Pelly of the Make Code team put together to make it easier to stream Make Code. So 
typically, if you're thinking of streaming, you'll want to stream into something like uh, OBS, for example. And OBS will allow you to collect some different screens and cameras together, but can be a little bit complex. And so what Streamer is, is it's a way inside of a single web browser session to do all of those things, bringing in cameras and your browser. So this is the site, makecode.com streamer. When I go here, you'll see I've got a image here of one of my cameras. Uh, we have a little caption text we can put in. If I switch to add a second camera, I can use something like a, a down shooter USB. These can all be USB cameras um, so that you can show a project that you're working on. And if we push these off to the side, you can see we have a make code session here. In the uh, little gearbox settings, we can pick which uh, make code we're using. Arcade, Microbit, uh, the betas of those, Minecraft, and so on. Uh, but you can see here, it's got just, uh, just enough features to do what you want. It's not as complicated as something like the typical streaming software that we use. Uh, allows you to pick which camera you're using for your documents. Uh, you can even do some countdown timers. If we uh, want to draw over top of a session, we can uh, head up to these drawing tools and do things like point at stuff or add emojis. Uh, so it's really uh, a pretty fully featured but simple to use way to do make code streaming. So uh, if you've ever thought about doing some streaming, you should check this out. You can also use it for recording. So you can uh, hit the record button, I think up in, oh, let me get out of, out of drawing mode here. Uh, close that. And there's a, a record button. You can do closed captions uh, and take a screenshot. So really cool uh, that the make code team has given you a way to do your streaming. So I'm going to sneak into this camera now and uh, say that is your MakeCode Minute, so go check it out. It's makecode.com slash streamer. Okay, so that's JP Show and MakeCode Minute. Uh, watch that tomorrow at 4 p.m. At the end of the show-ish, we will have the Python Hardware newsletter emceed by Katni. This is our look at all the things going on in the world of Python on hardware. Lots of news this week, lots of new hardware. So we're going to get to that right after um, questions and more at the end of the show. Time travel. We're going to look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers, and what's going on. Um, this time travel, I guess it is kind of, uh, it's kind of fair to say that this is uh, time travel. Yeah. Because we're reopened we're shipping if you place an order tonight it'll probably ship tomorrow yeah but we've been living through the so new york got it the worst the first yeah. and then we bent the curve and we we were the best so here's the problem though yeah um and this is the unfortunate part of our show because we're going to look back at this years from now and say what were we doing during this time this time this time so back in March, um, it was scary. There was a few cases and a lot of cases and a lot of death. And then it spiked, I think April 15th, 16th was the worst yeah. for us. And um, you don't <laughs> want to live through what we lived through in New York. Uh, but unfortunately, the lessons weren't learned. Um, there wasn't a uh, nationwide effort. So lots of different places are going through their own New York. So let me mentally prepare you for, for what, what it's like. Um, you're going to hear sirens all the time. 
you're going to, uh, if you're in a city, you're probably going to walk by a refrigerated truck and there's going to be people putting in uh, body size cardboard boxes because there's dead bodies in it. This is what happened to us in New York. Yeah. Um, I have my series of Adafruit Chronicle mm-hmm. photos yeah. that I was taking during this time. I'm like, well, I'll try to document it. The, photo, the photos that I took but I didn't put up there were the morgue trucks, the makeshift morgue trucks that we had in New York because I didn't feel that was respectful and but I did have to capture it. I wanted to yeah. like, okay, this happened. This this happened in my life. This happened here, blocks away from Adafruit. This happened here, blocks away from where we live. So um, it doesn't look like uh, there is some exception for America or parts of America. This yeah. wave is coming. It's just hitting in different parts. Um, Florida, Arizona, Texas. Um, you're in for a tough ride. This is what's going to happen. So, um, you know, in every way and every possible... You can't just get off the ride. It's like you're riding it for three weeks after, like, you think you're done. You know, on a side note, in Japan, I just saw that they have banned um, screaming on roller coasters because it helps spread the coronavirus. So you have to scream in your heart, which is a very Japanese thing to say. It's like screaming in your heart. And, and like, that is kind of the theme. Either it's a cure lyric or it's Japanese. And and that is a theme of 2020, scream in your heart. So, you know, we're trying to do everything we can. Hey, everybody, here's our story about New York. Please wear a mask. We stock masks. We sell masks. We've been talking about this. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, But here's where this wave comes, and then it's also the walls are starting to close in. So here's what we had to do with our team this week and last week. Hey, team. If you've gone to any of the following locations, and now there's 19 of them, or if you have someone visiting or staying with you from these locations, you have to quarantine for 14 days. So on our website, you can check it out, adafruit.com slash opensafely. Um, at this point, the things that you see on our public website are also things that um, are part of the internal communications we do with our team, because why not put it out there for everyone if it's helpful? Yeah. So um, Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, California, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Idaho, Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, Nevada, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah. Uh, This week, Delaware, Kansas, and Oklahoma was added. So if there's a certain infection rate, New uh, New York State says you have to quarantine. Now, the problem is planes are flying in. You can optionally fill out a card. Some people are, some people aren't. People can drive in. There's really no way to enforce this. So all you can do is have an open and honest group of people that are transparent, that are others focused. So luckily we've been able to help our team. There was like family was gonna come in. There was all like, oh, someone's coming in. Like I was gonna go somewhere. So this information is important. Um, So even if you're in a location where you're in the beginning of the curve, um, and again, like there's more therapeutics, the, 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 the survival rate on Ventilator is a little bit better, uh, but in our own maker community, and it's because the makers and the high-profile people that a lot of you know have emailed because we're friends, and they're like, hey, I'm not really letting everyone know, but like COVID, you know, got me and like my kidneys don't work now. Or, you know, this thing, I'm still winded. Um, This thing really messed up my family. Like my, you know, father died, my mother died. So there is a lot going on. And if you're in the beginning of the curve, um, just get ready because this is going to be a slog every day. You're going to just see the same things happen over and over. So it's a grim part of Ask an Engineer, but we have an audience. We have a community. Um, this stuff happened to us in New York. You don't want to be a New York. We got through it. I thought that we kind of made this. We were all naive. And then we had information. And then we became smarter. And then we flattened the curve. Yeah. And there was death that happened. And unfortunately, it wasn't it wasn't communicated well enough. It wasn't distributed enough. It wasn't it didn't hit people. Oh, I don't know anyone. 
Um, that's only happening over in New York. So that's what's happening in our lives right now. Yep. Um, but um, on with other news, um, because of what happened in New York, because we've been dealing with this since March, we are finally shipping Adabox. So Yay. Adabox will be shipping in, in July. July. And um, we're going to continue to get everything in stock that we can, get all the Ada boxes out. And we are fully prepared because the numbers are the numbers. We could get shut down again. To probably have a retraction of the, the phase recoveries. There's unknowns about what's going to happen with schools in September in New York. There's unknowns what the federal government wants to do. There's unknowns about everything. But all we can do is roll and do the best we can. So today in New York was um, Get Tested Day of Action. We've been doing Ask an Engineer. This is not just today, of course. Uh, Lady and I are getting tested. We've already got antibody tested. We also have these test kits that like, if we need to use, we can use. We have a lot of stuff going on. We're ready. There's a testing facility not too far from Adafruit. We've already been to it before. We'll go to it again. Um, in New York, if everyone gets tested, there's enough contact tracers right now, and there's not a, a ton of infections, so contact tracing is actually possible. If it gets to the point where you have too many infections, you can't do contact tracing. So my suggestion to y'all out there in different locations, wear a mask, get tested, watch the news, figure out where it's possible to get tested. One of the problems right now, so many people are getting tested that it's a nine-hour wait, so obviously that's... That's tough. In New York, actually, because we've been doing it for so long, it's like we're not testing 60,000 people a day. Yeah, there are starting... So in New York, because we test so much, but now there's national delays, um, you might not get your test results like same no. day anymore. There's a couple of delays. Okay. That's happening. Okay. Um, so we celebrated 4th of July. Yeah, it was last week. It was on... Um, Weekend. Yeah, Friday. Uh, thanks for your patience, everyone. We just started... Uh, we paused the postal orders on Friday because it was holiday-ish. Um, we have um, different celebrations going on on the site. Um, you know, one interesting thing... I'm just going to do another side tour here. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be a spectrum of like, hey, Adafruit, you must hate America because you made a flag with your logo okay and then there's people that say you crazy america pro patriots you're so american you must hate everybody else so there is no satisfaction for this but well, i don't care what other people think no we don't but i'm just saying like because it goes to my in inbox that's true and you know there are some people who didn't like that we had um that we that we changed the flag but our the the stars are actually our adafruit logo i know and uh it's so close yeah so anyways we're american yeah like american. yeah we're we're proud to be americans and like it or not america is stuck with They're us stuck with me. and we're stuck with america so our decision is we will make this better this experiment called america will do everything we can to make it better so i don't know deal with it um we'll do it through science and technology through activism through all the things we can um so one of the things that we did um we went to some protest we marched and we also on friday they opened up the uh, memorial park the 9-11 memorial park yeah, we went there. for first beautiful. responders families so i got a little bit of footage i just want to share with everyone um it was beautiful um it was a small number of people so we went and so this is uh, a little snippet from that
Okay. Next up, on Adafruit.com, we have a specific call to action, a specific list of things that our team is doing. Updated constantly. Updated every week of all the things that our team is doing. Again, this was a time where we said, let's publish the actions, not just a hashtag, not just performative things, things that we can actually do. Um, How can we use our platform, our community in this maker electronic world? Um, You know, we're not... We don't have influence over billions of people, maybe not even millions, but we do have the ability to get the word out. So one of the things that we did was we joined the Stop for Hate campaign. And um, specifically, it's to make Facebook more accountable. And our specific need request is it's not good for Facebook to have groups that organize to specifically harass and harm black people. The end. That is what we want them to stop doing. Yeah. So we joined this campaign. We were the first ones to join after North Face. Um, there was a meeting yesterday with the NAACP, Colors of Change, um, and about 15 other civil rights groups with Facebook. Um, you'll see stuff in the news that says they were, everyone was disappointed um, because... <laughs> Because Facebook says a lot of things. They've been working on this civil rights audit for multiple years. Um, So we were invited to a call today with um, the NAACP, the Anti-Defamation League, and uh, we've been one of the supporters, and so we shared some of the things that we're doing. Um, We're gonna continue to work on this, but I'll I'll say this, I know it's frustrating, I know it's disappointing, I know it seems like there's not not, not a lot of progress, but billions of dollars are not getting spent on the platform. This is the first time that they've actually met with some of the civil rights groups. There is a few new roles at Facebook. There's a VP level person, a C level person, that is in charge of supposedly getting rid of hate on the platform. Now we're not gonna stop, but there is millimeters of progress in here and we're gonna keep on it. So you're gonna see us not advertising on Facebook and Instagram. We will put our content there. Uh, We will continue to report these profiles and these groups that are using it to Mm -hmm. harass and harm black people specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook is the only platform when we post a photo of our team, we have to moderate the comments because people swarm in, they don't like our skin color, they don't like where they think we're from, they don't like our gender, they say we're gonna, they're gonna call ice on us. This is the only place this happens. Yeah. This is the only place this happens. And you post stuff almost everywhere. So we you know. post things everywhere, always, constantly. For the last decade, Facebook is the only one. Right now, this second, we're streaming live on Facebook. You can't have the comments off. You can only have some comments. So you have to like constantly do this. And they say that they have AI that stops this. Oh, that stops 95% of it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Just like they can say it, it just doesn't. So, anyways, um, you'll see more of this stuff. So okay. we teamed up with Magnolia Pictures because they join the Stop Hate for Profit campaign. And what we did, and this is one of the things that um, we talked about on this call today mm-hmm. with the organizers, is well, what if we all get together? And maybe we show that you don't need Facebook for everything. So Facebook's really good at micro-targeting. Yeah. Um, it is a good platform for advertising, except for the hate part. Um, if we want to advertise to an educator in Wisconsin who might want to teach kids K through 12 about electronics, there is an easier way to do that with Facebook than other platforms for targeted advertising. That's but, right. th- but think about that power. It could be used to spread mis- misinformation. And that's how the platform's used a lot, and that's what we're asking them to, you know, stop doing. Yeah. But anyway, so what we did is we talked to Magnolia Pictures, 
and uh, shout out to Stella, who's I think in the Discord uh, chat. Um, we got tickets for our entire team because yes. they didn't advertise for this movie. They were expecting to advertise for the movie. They were expecting they to have yeah, movie theaters. theaters. Yeah. And so we got tickets for our entire team. Um, this is also streaming everywhere, and, and I think you can stream it for free, but we bought tickets for our team. And then we worked with their team and their, their social media folks, and we tried to get the word out. So if you haven't already, check out John Lewis, Good Trouble. It's like 96% positive on Rotten Tomatoes oh, great. already. And that is one of the efforts, in addition to the Stop Hate for Profit campaign and the things that we're trying to do um, with our team. Also, we're still doing um, Black Girls Code Partnerships, Buy One, Give One. It's the uh, This quarter is when we normally do this anyways. So go to adafruit.com slash blackgirlscode, and you can do a buy one, give one. We will continue to do these updates every single week. Check out adafruit.com slash blacklivesmatter and see what you can do. Please help us. It is what our team's doing. We're in the streets, literally, and we are trying to make an impact in the ways that we can as a little old electronics company here in New York. Okay, open source hardware. We have a lot of hardware. In fact, we are the number one producer of certified open source hardware. Correct. I will... I have like some open source hardware news I'll probably do next week. Next week, next yeah, week. Yeah, it's just like something came up today, anyways. Yeah. Um, but we have 2,236 guides. These are the receipts to prove it. So yeah. Lydia, uh, who? I think we had eight where, new guides this week. What and how? Okay, so we start off, we got the 74HC595 shift register guide by Catney. Uh, this is a standard dip chip that has uh, it's a shift register serial in. Parallel out, very common for if you want to drive a lot of LEDs or you know buttons or solenoids. Katni wrote a guide on using with CircuitPython. Kathy Cesari did a cool yeah. project. It's the light chatty light up circuit playground success express mask. It's I think in make code, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And it, when it detects when you're speaking and it makes it like lights up I, your I face. Little, I got a little video. I got a little video. Hi, it's Kathy. How do you like my light up talking mask? I just think it's okay. cool. Yeah. Um, so that's the chatty light up circuit Playground Express mask. We also have a guide for the new DS1841 logarithmic resistor. That's I squared C control. Kind of handy if you're doing um, some scientific or audio projects. You need a logarithmic potentiometer, but you want it to be digitally controlled. We have one. Uh, Chris Young wrote an epic guide on a two player game system. Uh, for Arcada, that's Arduino um, game writing. Uh, it works on the Pi Badge and the Pi Gamer and uses RFM69 radios to do two-player communication. So it'll work from you know many feet away, a couple hundred feet away. Uh, and you've got a couple demos like Tic-Tac-Toe, two-player Tic-Tac-Toe and other such games. Uh, check it out, it's a massive guide. Um, but also, um, you know, it goes into the depth of Arduino coding. A lot of people are like, I want to do more complex Arduino projects. This guide will show you how to do it. Um, Alvaro wrote a guide uh, for the um, Pi Portal US election calendar. This is uh, Scott Shawcroft's project where he imported all of the US election calendar data into electioncal.us, a website, um, and then offers RSS and JSON feeds. And um, this uh, takes a Pi Portal. You enter in your uh, state or zip code, and it will give you updates on when to register, local elections, um, all the dates you need to know. The Ruse Brothers uh, have a video that will show about this LED matrix hourglass. It's built off of Carter's code in CircuitPython, which is based off of 
Phil B's Digital Sand. Um, we will keep making Digital Sand projects until uh, the end, the death of the universe. Um, this one makes a nice snap together case, and uh, we'll show that video. Um, JP wrote a guide on uh, Lucio Blaster 2020. So this was a, one of JP's first projects. Uh, and what we've done is um, shown how you can take a very complicated Arduino project and deeply simplify it um, to you know, a quarter of the cost, a quarter of the code, uh, using CircuitPython with built-in MP3 uh, decoding. You can do multiple MP3s at the same time to get a background sound and effect sounds. We have LED animation library that can like segment LED strips, so you you know you can have one long strip um, and treat each segment as a separate strip um, with different effects that are built in and other uh, good stuff. Audio playback while you're doing all this animation, sensor input, um, the prop maker wing it makes it all very easy. So check out that guide for how to build advanced props with CircuitPython. And then Erin uh, built her dream project, an LED bullwhip with motion and sound reactivity. She also has a uh, hilarious video, which we will show. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, let's play it. We'll see you on the other side. Okay, some made in New York City factory footage, some photos and more around the Adafruit area. Just kind of good, um, you know, be excellent to each other, something we've said from the beginning of Adafruit. There is a ton of amazing street art and more. We post this on Adafruit Chronicles. Here's one of the posters. One of the cool things is these posters that are around, um, especially in the Soho area, you can download these. There's a little QR code and uh, it has a link and you can get a PDF of a lot of these. Tester. Yay, Blinka. OLED testing. This is for a new OLED 128 by 64. So this is a preview. Pick and place machine. Pick and place. Picking That's and so placing. Fast. Making blue fruits. I'll, I'll say it was uh, not great in the beginning when we had to have all the machines off because we weren't manufacturing, but the machines are back. Yay!
and it wouldn't be Adafruit factory footage without either construction out the window or now things in the sky. So there was a Skyrider, so you can see. Oh, I don't remember this. It's, yeah, this is outside. And then, of course, across the street, um, you know, there's one thing that marches forward no matter what, and it's the construction across from Adafruit. Yeah. So Disney is building look at the, a... Look at the uh, concrete trucks coming in. A building across the street from Adafruit. Unending. Yeah. Okay, 3D printing. No and Pedro are printing up amazing they, projects. They got week. the time. Yeah, so uh, we're going to show two videos. One is the Hourglass project and then a uh, card holder speed up. Right. Um, so we're going to show those back to back. We'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Can we simulate physics to create a digital hourglass? In this week's project, we'll take a look at building an LED hourglass with CircuitPython. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're building an LED matrix hourglass. You can create this little physics toy using some 3D printed parts and electronics from Adafruit. This uses an accelerometer to simulate an hourglass with interactive grains of sand. The two LED matrices simulate sand particles by having them bounce off of each other. This looks and feels like it's actually being affected by gravity. The electronics are housed inside the base, and it has an open USB port for programming and recharging the battery. The Adafruit FeatherSense features the Cortex-M4 processor with the NRF52840 Bluetooth module. It's packed with all sorts of onboard sensors, making it our favorite new board for making projects in CircuitPython. We think it's awesome for projects that need to pack lots of features in a fairly small package. The code for this project was written in CircuitPython by Carter Nielsen. For these small 8x8 displays, the physics were simplified to optimize CPU cycles. The coordinates are set up to be adjustable, so it's easy to change the code to match the orientation of the accelerometer. Carter has a nice write-up in his learn guide with more detail on how the physics model is working. The code is available on GitHub and the project is open source. There's lots of support for CircuitPython, and you can browse the list by heading over to circuitpython.org. Select your board and download the latest version by clicking on the link to the UF2. Connect the board over USB and double press the reset button to get it into the bootloader mode. Then just drag and drop the file onto the USB drive to automatically flash the new firmware. You can get the CircuitPython library bundle and download it as a zip file. You'll need to grab the required libraries and drop them in the lib folder on the CircuitPy drive. The code is embedded in the learn guide and can be easily downloaded using the links. CircuitPython is designed for beginners and we think it's great for folks who are just getting started with electronics. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. The 3D printed parts are designed to snap fit together and as usual, they don't require any support material. The CAD assembly is easy to put together and features 3D models of Adafruit boards and components. You can get the 3D models of the parts from our GitHub repo. LED backpacks from Adafruit come in different colors and sizes, so you have a few options to choose from. The polarity needs to match the breakout board, so be sure to install the LEDs correctly before soldering. You can follow along with the build photo, so if you need help, the Learn Guide has you covered. The jumpers on the back need to be soldered in order to set the I2C address. 
The 3D printed cover can be used as a jig for wiring up the two matrices together. A cable with a Stemma QT connector is used to make the assembly much easier. The circuit is wired up and powered by a small 400mA battery. The electronics snap fit onto the bottom cover with tabs and built-in standoffs. The spindles are secured to the cover using M3 screws. A screw tap can be used to create proper threading for screwing into. The two matrices are housed in a peanut-shaped enclosure that also snap fits. The ends are press-fitted with the wiring fitted through the opening in the center of the cover. The covers are secured with the spindles acting as support holding everything together. Stemma QT connectors make it easy to attach the matrices to the feather. The bottom base snap fits onto the cover so it's easy to take it apart and put it back together. Be sure to check out the full step-by-step -step tutorial on the Adafruit Learning System. I hope this inspires you to check out the FeatherSense and start thinking about using CircuitPython in your next project. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. Pedro have 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday. Tune in. All right, Lady Ada, it is time. Are you ready? That's right. DigiKey and Adafruit present. Hi, on MPI. This week, I on MPI is from Octavo Systems. All right. All right, so... Uh, what do they do? IMPI, by the way, every single week is the latest and greatest, the most cutting-edge new product introduction. And you might uh, learn something. You might learn something, but there's also a place where you can get it, and it's from DigiKey. This week, Octavo. Octavo, I don't know. Octavo yeah. Systems. Um, okay, so this? we're going to have to go back in time because this week's product, uh, IMPI, is the OSD32MP157. But to explain this, I want to talk about an earlier version of a similar chip, it's the OSD32, sorry, this is the OSD32MP15X, um, the series, and um, it's got all these things inside of it, and we're going to go back to this image, but I want to talk about the BeagleBone Black first to explain. So the BeagleBone Black came out a couple, like five years ago, and it has uh, this TI Citara processor, some RAM, it's actually kind of like a pre, I think it was a pre-Raspberry Pi Linux board, it was very early. Yeah. 
and it runs Linux. It's got GPIO, and you can connect the TFT to it. It's got Ethernet. You can see it's got USB and everything. You connect a hub, and it's running embedded Linux. Um, and this was really neat. And um, it sort of was one of the first boards that was like you could, for a, a low price, add embedded Linux to your project or product. Um, there's only one problem is you needed all these chips in, a, in like a six or eight layer board because you needed this main processor, this Cortex-A8, uh, the Citara processor, you needed some RAM, um, you needed this uh, power management IC that was kind of custom made for it, uh, all these passives, and, and you needed to do the routing like kind of perfectly because the chip is running at like about a gigahertz. So what Octavo Systems did um, is they took all of these parts and they bonded them onto a really small circuit board. Um, so this is a circuit board of this module. On the top left there, you see some RAM. In like the middle right, you see the main processor chip and there's a wire bond that's bonded onto the PCB directly. And then the lower left, I think that's the power management chip. And then you see all the capacitors and like inductors and ferrites and passives um, that keep this chip nice and happy. And all the wiring, the complicated wiring, especially the, the RAM, to microprocessor wiring is all done for you, right? Like all those lines are pre-connected and they're like perfectly differentially matched and all that good stuff. And then this little PCB, which is only like, you know, two centimeters by two centimeters or so, is bonded, uh, sorry, epoxied and encapsulated and turned into a chip. And then, you know, that chip was then uh, put here, you can see in the center of this pocket beagle. So you compare this pocket beagle to the Beagle Bump Black, you see the Pocket Beagle is like a quarter of the size, and there's almost like all the components in the center have been turned into one chip. It's this integration um, that makes it really compact and really easy to build with. Um, in fact, it's so integrated that you can dead bug a Linux computer using this chip. And that's a hack that Octavio did to show off just how integrated this is. All you need is like literally what, like eight resistors, four LEDs to just tell you what boot state you're in, and a couple jumper wires, and then they, they wired up a USB connector directly, and this is a booting Linux system. Um, and that's pretty amazing. Like, you don't need anything else, and you can just, like, blue wire hack a Linux computer. So if, you're, if you wanted to add Linux to a product or project, and you didn't want to go through the eight-layer board, like, 10 revision layer, you just, wanted, you just wanted to get the product out there, you don't have to worry about all the wiring differentials and, like, all the boot state, you know, straps and all that. This OSD3358 integrated Octavo Systems chip uh, would do the job for you very nicely. In fact, they also published, this is the minimal board layout. I mean, it's minimal, right? And this is wow. a, a full Linux computer running at a gigahertz. Um, and it's pick and placeable. And, and the BGA is like one millimeter pitch. So you, you, know, you can see that you can route multiple traces through and you, can, you could probably like etch this board using any low cost two layer um, wow. You could probably DIY the PCB if you want to, or you could send it out to a PCB house. It will only cost you a couple bucks. Okay, so now they have a new chip out, which is the OSD32MP157. So, sorry, let's go back to this uh, image. Same deal. you got the PCB, and inside you've got the ST-STM32MP155X, which has got a dual Cortex-A7, and I think they're running it up to 800 megahertz, and there's a cortex M4, it's probably like some STM32 F4 or something, something that's wired directly in, so you can use it for your real-time control stuff. Um, it's got up to a gig of RAM. It's got the crystals. It's got the power management. It's got the pass. It's got the you know the capacitors or the inductors, and it's under two by two centimeters in a one millimeter pitch 
BGA. So it's like, again, fairly easy to work with. Um, it's not a 0.5 millimeter, 0.4 millimeter BGA. You don't have to worry about buried or blind vias. You could probably use a two layer board even to put this thing together. All right, so this is what they... I'm just gonna say something. This is something. this is like, there's a couple movie scenes and, and like sci-fi scenes. This is, I, I like this chip in particular because it's so futuristic and out there. It's like, it's actually amazing. So there's, there's a scene in like, Terminator 2 Judgment Day where it's like wow like this chip like it, it's from a Terminator brain yeah yeah it's sure. like this, this, yeah, this is Skynet this, this, no it's not Skynet it's just like this taught us so many new directions things that we wouldn't have even thought of and then there's a Star Trek Next Generation episode where ultimately the person stole some, a piece of technology from the future um but uh, they're like oh it's a piece of the future this reminds me of this this seems like a very futuristic it seems like an NPI. <laughs> so, an NPI. Um, no, right. I picked the good ones. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they did the same thing with this new, you know, micro computer chip from ST. Again, it runs Linux. It's got Android support mainline. Um, so you can uh, get up and running with it very quickly. And you can see they took uh, the PMIC, the, the power management chip, top right. They got the RAM kind of middle right. And then the main processor chip and shrink it all down. And not only is it a space reduction, but it's just a complexity reduction. You have to worry about you know, like doing the schematic capture and layout for all of these lines over and over again, you just drop this chip into your board and you're done. Um, okay, so next up, this is just what's in. There's also an EEPROM chip. Uh, you can use like that to store your MAC address or you know whatever keys you need for, for configuration. Um, and yeah, it's all completely integrated. And then, you know, what's actually in it. Um, on the left is all the extra parts of the gig of DDR3 RAM, the EEPROM, the oscillators, the passives, and then on the right you can see what's actually in it. So there's the 200 megahertz uh, ARM Cortex-M4, the dual uh, Cortex-A7, it's got like Ethernet, it's got USB, it's got, um, oh, can you make this a little bigger? So I can, uh, so you can see it? Yeah, because there's like a small text I just want to read. It's got, uh, it's got DAX, ADCs, it's got, um, you know, motor control timers, you know, G OpenGL supports so that's in Linux, MIPI DSI and LCD, and we've got the um, display accelerator, lots of peripherals, I squared to UART, SPDIF. So it's like it's got all these really sweet, you know, microcontroller type accessories, but it's a microcomputer. So you can you can really make a complicated product or project on it. Could be a really good like um 3D printer driver, I think, like, because you mm. can, you, you know, you have the built-in uh, connectivity stacks, and it's got, you know, timers, mass squared Cs, and, and GPIOs to do motor control. Yeah. Um, so this is also, there's a dev board if you want to just sort of get a look of, like, what what is the minimum set of uh, components you need, um, much like the, um, the dead bug uh, Sitara board. This one, you know, has a micro SD card on the left. Uh, for your file system, it's got uh, ST-Link header, um, it's got UART for, you know, you want to talk to the, the serial console, uh, reset button, some LEDs, the boot mode switches, uh, and the micro USB. Um, so yeah, kind of like everything you need to get started and all the GPIO you could want. And this is like an Oshpark board or something. Like and something. where can they get it? I'm glad you asked. They are available and in stock right now at DigiKey, so search for OSD. 32MP157. Oh, but I have a short URL. Oh, you have a short URL? Z Z9, Z9DW0H. But there is, uh, folks will put the link in the chat, but here is the product ID, short URL. 
Yes, and, you and can there's also a couple versions. I also have, yeah, there's a couple versions. Um, I didn't actually look in detail on the, all the different versions. Probably different amounts of RAM or a different number of GPIO pins. Um, but all available. And then the dev kit, that dev board, the purple one, is also available. Okay, so you ask of the overhead. So this is the chip. Um, so you can see, you want to zoom in? Yeah, I'm going to see what I can do here. And then I'm going to try to focus it. Yeah, maybe you can. I think I want it too much. It's picking up the background, but... Yeah, it's, it's a little bit too much. Too much chip. Here, try to take the mouse pad away. Yeah. And then try to do it that way. Okay. Well, we can see the um, ball grid array. So that's kind of nice. There you go. Yeah. And then... I think... I'm going to back it up. Yeah, I think let's just keep it simple. Um, so you can see um, the ball grid array is a nice uh, large um, grid, so it's really easy to uh, pick in place and then uh, reflow and then route around your wires. And you can even kind of see that there's this little PCB and then it's epoxied yeah. on top. So all in one, you know, RAM, microcontroller, microprocessor, Everything you need looks like this one has about half a gig of RAM. That's probably what the 512M stands for. All right, well, Blinka coming soon. Right? Okay, um. yeah, I could probably, <laughs> I'm sure you could run Python and Blinka on it. All right, so that's available on DigiKey, and that is... All right, that was on MPI. That's right. Okay, let's uh, kick this off. We're going to go into new products now, Lady Ada. That's right. All right, new products this week. Don't forget, we are shipping. We are open safely. Adafruit.com slash open safely. We're shipping Adabox in July. Thank you so much for your patience. Uh, you will get a notification once we are shipping your Adabox. We appreciate it. We also have Adafruit.com slash black girls code. When you buy one, we send black girls code one. Circuit Playground Express. That is exactly how it works. You know exactly what's happening. Okay, first up. Okay, uh, first up, we have a rugged panel mount fingerprint sensor. Uh, some people sent this over to us and said, hey, you should stock it because it works with your fingerprint library, kind of, and uh, we made it work with the library, and now we have it. Um, so what's nice about this is it's metal, it's rugged, it's a lot easier to mount than the plastic fingerprint sensors. Um, I'll show that on the overhead. It's got like a nice connector, and it's got an LED ring built into it. So um, this version, I cut off the connector and just wired it up to a trinket which should be running my demo, hopefully. So when I put my finger over, it turns red. Yeah. So that's the LED ring. If I do this finger, oh. it turns blue. And if I do this finger, it turns purple. So you can see this nice round ring, which you can use. It has a couple different effects on it as well. Um, but you can use it as like a feedback mechanism. I just thought the, the LED ring was a sort of nice little addition um, that you, know, you can use for feedback. And then, um, you know, you just drill a kind of a big-ass hole, looks like about a one-inch hole into your yeah. material. Uh, you mount this on, you, um, you know, safely with this. Uh, you can put an O-ring if you want. It's got this nice thin uh, jam nut. And you just connect this up to, you know, we've got a library that works with Arduino and Python, so you can basically wire it up to anything. Um, you know, I think it uses 3-volt logic, 3-volt power. Check the data sheet, I can't recall right now. Um, and then uh, it's just really easy to use. You can store fingerprints, like you enroll them, you you know test them, you read them. It's uh, it's pretty fast so cool. and it's pretty reliable. This is amazing. All right, yeah. next up. Okay. 
Next up, you, by your request, we have LR44 South. Yeah. We're so tired of buying these for like projects and stuff. And I think we have a couple products that use these. Um, yeah, I'll be back. Talk about these for a second. Okay, so uh, these are just your everyday LR44s. These are, I think, with the manganese 1.5 volts per. And um, they actually come in a strip of 10 because they're so inexpensive. I was like, you know what, we should sell them a pack of 10. Also, a lot of products tend to use um, more than one. So first off, let's go to the overhead and I'll show the the pack. So it comes in a pack that you can just like kind of tear and open as you need. Um, they're also known as AG13 or LR, AG13 or LR44s. You got some bare ones. And the reason we got these is because you have... So um, our employment lawyer and a friend of Adafruit, um, as you can imagine, we can't just have a regular lawyer we have to have one that's um, really into Star Trek and comic books and stuff. So um, he got me this book. This is How to Speak Klingon. And um, it when you go to a certain page, you you press the buttons. And at first, uh, I had to get batteries because the batteries died in it. But um, when you press... Yeah, and so I'll hold it up to the mic and... Um, Yeah, so anyway, this is... So it runs on LR44s. Yeah, so now I have extra batteries as, right. I'm, as I'm learning Klingon. Great. Yeah. And that's why we have... That's why we have these. These batteries, but they're great. It's a good book. Thank okay. you, Phil. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Got to contribute. Okay. Of course. Next up, uh, this is uh, a Brian special um, following up on the success of the DS3502 I squared C digital potentiometer. We have an I squared C log potentiometer. So this is a logarithmic potentiometer, which is useful um, in some cases where you know you need to bias or have a feedback resistor in a loop, or for audio uh, applications where you need a logarithmic response curve. Um, so uh, it's I think a, like a 20k resistor. Or so you can connect over I squared C. We have a library. There's a couple address pins, um, and you can set the wiper uh, to you know ground or VCC and you get uh, connections for the high. Um, it's actually kind of, I think it can only be used as a low side unless you have the wiper and the um, high side um, as a rheostat. Um, but you know works great and uh, it's one of the few logarithmic I squared C potentiometers we found. So we made it into a Stemma QT board for easy okay, use. Okay, next up. Next up, it's a respin, the BMP two eighty. We this is an oldie but goodie. It's a well known, trusted barometric pressure sensor from Bosch. People have loved this for a very long time. Works great. You get uh, temperature and barometric pressure, and um, we now have it in STEMI QT format. So it's the same pinout as before. It's physically a little bit different sized, but now it's plug and play. So you can use our STEMI QT cables to chain this to say your I squared C potentiometer or to you know, some other I2C device. Um, and of course, we still have code for both Arduino and CircuitPython slash Python for this uh, well-established chip. Okay, it's exciting. Next up, we have this cute little plug-in air quality module. This one's an interesting module. So this is from Plan Tower. Uh, we carry their other air quality um, sensor that's a UART module. And what's interesting about this is its I2C interface, which is uh, very rare. Usually these air quality sensors are, are UART only. They can output the same format in you know, binary UART. Um, but this one actually outputs the data once a second over I squared C, which we thought was pretty cool. It's also really nice and compact. 
Um, so we're carrying this bare module. If you'd like to integrate this into one of your projects or products, um, it is surface mount uh, connected or you use through hole, but it's very small through hole. So you can see these pads on the bottom. So these are 0.05 inch pitch. They're not 0.1 inch. They're kind of like SWD connector sized. Um, it has come with a little connector you can plug in and you can solder wires to it or you can solder into a PCB if you'd like. Um, just be aware it's not 0.1 inch pitch, it's 0.05 inch pitch. Um, we have a library again in Arduino and CircuitPython slash Python to take the I2C data out and give you air quality information. Okay, so with that, the star of the show besides our community, our Adafruit team members and Yuli data is... Da, it's that, but on a breakout. That's so right. the PMSA 003i is a STEMI QT compatible breakout for that Platin Tower air quality sensor that gives you um, I2C plug and play data. So this is great because if you're using this with you know, a Raspberry Pi, it doesn't really have UART available, um, but you wanna add air quality sensing, this is great because you can use the I2C port, you don't have to take up your UART, or you're using like some other chip that doesn't, doesn't have a UART, prefers I2C, or you just wanna have it chained on a Stemma QT um, uh, cable length. Um, so I'll show off the demo. Oh yeah? this okay so this is hold on so it's like this right. okay so actually i'm going to show up yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 so actually going to show off the other one first so this is the kind of the one we stock already which is the the plan tower uart version it has a uart connection so i want to show that this one is actually much much smaller this is a very compact um little sensor which we really like it's I have a teeny fan in there it's a it's a, it's a the tiniest little fan the it's cutest so fan. cute um one thing to note is that it's three volt i squared c logic but the power to the fan is five volts about uh so we have a little boost converter here a little switch switch cap converter um so you can use three or five volt logic and power and it will work fine it has logic level shifting and uh power boosting so let me plug this in is this the chonkiest um, STEM QT board so this far? This is so far the chonkiest. max chonk. Okay, good. Okay. Right. Boots up. So. Got everything going on. Now what? Get a little bit closer. Want me to zoom in? No, actually, this is good because this is readable. Okay. So you can see we've got uh, the particles per 0.3 micrometer, 0.5 micrometer. Um, you can see that, you know, even if you can't read the numbers exactly because uh, they're a little blurry, you can still see like this is like 500 approximately so then I'm going to take this I don't know that this is going to work what are you going to do? oh you know I forgot my solder but I know what I can just uh, what are you going to do? oh well I was going to plug in the soldering iron and then and then use that to create a fume oh okay I don't know alright want me to hold the soldering iron? well let's I don't know if this is going to work so let's right. find out so turn this on okay I'm going to hold this I can I can handle this this is fine I got it okay Okay, so then I was thinking I could just like maybe heat up the solder joint, but I don't know if this is hot enough. I kind of didn't check this iron, I just took a grab it. Yeah. This demo might not be a... So what are you trying to do? You're going to... I wanted to create some fumes, which you can if you... If you solder. Oh, there you go. All right, so now you see wow. okay. um, some solder fumes. It, you can't see them because they're, just, they're very fine, but you can see the um, readings just shot up to like 60,000 because 
um, I've got these fumes. You can. Oh yeah, see. I just saw the. I just saw it on the camera. Yeah. But uh, this is this detected that. That's right. So this is air. Well, so basically, don't huff solder fumes is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, let me safely turn this off. Okay. Put this to the side carefully. Yeah. Let it cool down. Okay. Uh, so that's the demo. So um, this works really great, and like I said, I love that it's ice quartz. See, it is really chunky. I'm gonna now um, unplug it and show that this um, attaches on like so. So you see, you've got that surface mount connector. So if you want to integrate this, just be aware you've got to like surface mount or through hole solder this okay. little fine pitch connector. So interesting is now I smell the fumes. So there was particles it detected before we saw anything. Then we yeah. saw something. And now we yeah, saw, you can smell. And it. now you can actually smell it just a little bit. That's right. Okay, cool. All right, and with that is new products this week. Yay, new products. All right, um, you know, you can order all that stuff. It keeps us in business. All of us say thank you. All thank the you. Airfruit team members, the more these are pre-COVID photos. Um, <laughs> I just love you say pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, let's do, so I'm going to just tell everybody, go over to Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. We're going to be answering questions in a few minutes. But first, we have some top secret. All right, top secret this week. First up, Lady Ada, is uh, two leaks that you sent over. One of them I'm going to post up, uh, but one of them we already did. So what's yeah. this one first? This is the MMC5883 magnetometer. So at first I thought this was like HMC5883 compatible, but it turns out it's only pin compatible, but it's still kind of a cool little magnetometer. So I whipped together a uh, breakout for it, and uh, we're a library. Cool. And then what's this? This is the LTC4311. So this is interesting. This is an active Terminator, which uh, the whole word would not fit. This is, I guess it's like Terminator 2 you're talking about. Oh, yeah. So this is an active timely. Terminator. And very timely. Um, so you actually... Uh, it's, detailed it's, files. It's not a level shifter. You actually plug it in at the end of your long I squared C string. And it, um, like, it's an active slew, like, turner honor. So when it detects that the SCL or SDA line is being pulled high through, like, the pull-up... Even if there's a massive capacitor on the line because you have like a huge long cable, um, it'll it'll actively pull it up for you. It kind of does this smart little thing. Um, so you can use this for very long, high capacity, like 40,000 picofarad uh, capacitance I squared C runs. Um, so I'm gonna prototype this, send it out, get it back, and I'm gonna try like connecting a 100 foot cable to I squared C and see what happens. Like, does this yeah, work? Cool. I don't know, we'll find out. All right, and then we have a little video that we shot. This was the solar thing we're working on. Let's see you on the other side. What is this? Here comes the sun. Testing out a solar charger. Got the solar panel. Sun's right out here. And when I put the solar panel out in front and checked out my USB-DC solar LiPo charger that I'm designing an upgrade to the previous version. This one's a little nicer, has USB-C in and then I'm plotting the power on this clue. So you can see in this case, I'm getting 2.1 watts out, which isn't bad, it's a five watt panel. You usually get about half the wattage uh, when you convert to LiPo charging. So, so far so good. Thank you, Mr. Sun. All right, next up on Top Secret, what's this? Okay, so the story behind this is, is long, but worth it. So this is CID 5000. This is like an incredibly old uh, component. Um, this is an 800 by 480, 3 by 5, uh, 3.5, um, sorry, 3.5 uh, diagonal screens. is used for like cell phones and stuff. 
And my TFT supplier said, oh, you know, I know you've been looking for 800 by 400 uh, displays in, in smaller sizes, and they sent me over this display. And I was like, oh, my God, this will make such a cool, like, Raspberry Pi hat. And um, they even, like, designed, you know, this kind of, like, add-on hat with the display. And, like, I made a little breakout to help me prototype it. And, like, the sad thing is, like, I know exactly when I started this project because I've got the, uh, the DigiKey bag. And it was four years ago. Um, but since I'm stuck at home now... We will get to... I will get to... <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, it's only been like a year or two. Now it's been a quite a long time. Um, and and since then, you know, there's been like a whole bunch of um, display hats that uses the DPI technique. Uh, you know, like I started with the Keepa like also like five or six years ago. Um, but like Hyperpixel came out and I was like, well, I guess I don't have to do this. But then... Um, it also didn't like the screen. There was It had some blurriness to it that I didn't like. But then I found another supplier of a really nice uh, TFT screen. Again, 800 by 480 with a DPI interface. I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe like I'll try this again. So um, over the weekend, um, turns out that this screen has the same pinout as like a standard uh, 4.3 or 5 inch TFT display, which is kind of sweet. So you can just use like a, these breakouts we have in the shop. And then um, I have a trinket over here that is uh, sent the SPI wow. commands turned on. And it just turns it into a little uh, live screen. So I got this working on a breadboard, and I'm gonna try to revive this project. Um, maybe I'll have like seesaw connectivity and of course I'll like stomach QT connectors. This is cool. But yeah, what's really nice is this is like a very um, wide angle. I mean, these IPS screens are so inexpensive. So like when I got this screen, it was like, you know, 10 bucks a piece. This one's like four. Um, and incredibly cheap, and you can get capacitive touch on them and stuff. So this is a really cool display. Um, so now that I have a good supplier of these, uh, I hope to do more with them. And uh, yeah, this is just the Keepa code, but instead of having it on a, a Keepa, I have it wired up to this TFT. Okay. And with that is top secret. Cool. So we have some questions lined up. Yeah. I'm going to get to them now. We answer your questions because this is, of course, Ask an That's Engineer. We do questions throughout the show, but this is when you get to ask all your questions. Um, please go over to Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 21,000 of us. Um, you know, just one little note here. Yeah. Why do we have 21,000 people together on Discord having a good time? Facebook. Because, no, yeah, because it's not Facebook. But, but here's the thing. Um, there isn't really electronics communities that, that are functional, that are, that are for people to come together on Facebook. It's because there's no moderation. The hate groups come in. If uh, a woman posts a, a, her, her project, um, there's all sorts of misogynistic things that happen. Like, that's why we have a big community and our community is growing. So we'll have 22,000 people. And, uh, you know, there's, like, articles about, like, the broken window syndrome of, like, towns where if a window's broken, you know. But in communities, for sure, online communities, if you, you are responsible for the moderation. Mm -hmm. You are. If you have a brand, if you have a company, if you have a thing, you're responsible for it. And we're very responsible. So thank you, everyone, who's making Discord work out for us. Um, so on to the questions. Uh, first up. This was, was there any type of maintenance that we needed to do uh, unexpectedly for the manufacturing machines? No. However, I will tell you an upcoming challenge. Depending on the infection rates of other states, yeah. when we get our maintenance on some of our machines, the person might need to coordinate us, 
coordinate with us with other people in the state because the technician may need to quarantine for 14 days yeah. before they can... So we might be doing video maintenance. Yeah, there's going to be all sorts of things. Um, video maintenance, we do have a little telepresence bot that, we'll, that we can use. Um, but so far, we haven't had anything unexpected. Um, we were doing essential manufacturing pretty much within the first few weeks after New York City, New York State says, hey, can you help out with face masks? And then there was ventilator parts. So we had a very small run of things going on. So we never really fully shut down for an extended period of time. Okay, next up, Lady Ada, this one's for you. What's yeah. the difference between I squared C and SPI? They're both protocols that are used between usually a microcontroller or microcomputer and a sensor or a peripheral. I squared C tends to be a little bit slower, but what's nice about it is you can have multiple devices share two digital pins. Like you can just chain them together all in the same two pins which is really sweet because you just like add as many chips as you want as long as you have a unique address. SPI is a lot faster, but it uses more pins, and plus you need to have one dedicated selector pin per device. So you can't just like add new chips without adding a new wire for them. So that's the, the trade-off. Um, SPI you tend to use when you need something faster because um, it can go up to you know, eight plus, you know, eight to 100 megahertz. I squared C sort of tops that about 400 kilohertz. Okay. Um, actually, you know the answer to this because we had our um, meeting on Tuesday with the Adafruit IO team. Question about Adafruit IO. This week there was an update to a certificate that the connection needs. Can you explain more about why this is needed? And in the future, is there a way to update the certificate with a drag and drop drive like CircuitPython so you don't have to upload a sketch? Okay. Again? So what happened is older Wi Fi modules like the Wink 1500 or the CC3000, which we don't really sell anymore, but mostly the Wink 1500, and some other Wi-Fi chips. Um, for those chips, you have to program in the actual certificate of the server you're connecting to. And they have limited storage. You can't upload infinite ones, and you can't like dynamically add. Like, you have to like go through a process that's separate from the code to add a certificate. And these chips, especially the Wink 1500, was developed before fast iteration of SSL certificates. So back then it was like you had one SSL certificate and you pretty much never changed it. Nowadays, SSL certificates have to be changed every like year or two. And so um, for some modules like the Wink 1500, unfortunately, when we are forced to change our SSL certificate, which like people have to, like now you, the way that the, the certificates are done, like, after five years, you don't get the same one again. You, have, you get a new certificate. You'll have to reburn it. Newer stuff like the Airlift ESP32, you can load in the root certificates. And so if you have a new um, certificate for that's gotten renewed or reissued, as long as you're using the same root certificate, you don't, and you're not checking the fingerprint directly, um, which most people don't, you can just like automatically detect. It's like, oh, this is a valid certificate and keep going. However, that's kind of new um, because, again, when these modules were invented like five to ten years ago, this idea of renewing SSL certificates and changing them every like one to two years didn't exist. So unfortunately, there's this like murky period right now where we update our SSL certificate according to specifications and standards. People using older hardware are going to have to do a little bit more work, unfortunately, to add that support, which is why we're kind of pushing people towards the airlift 
Um, because it has all the root certificates burnt in. It's going to solve okay. solves this problem. I think bit. this breaks our, it's not out yet, don't ask, but you tell me, why does this have two connectors? It shouldn't, but I was thinking, like, maybe if you had two long strings. I don't know. Okay. All right. Next up. Um, someone is, oh, Darren, is dreaming of adding a second TFT SPI to the Pi portal. Um, but there's not an SPI hardware breakout, so they could implement software SPI if they use the D3D4 with the SWDIO oh, and SWCLK. Is that even doable or recommended? What I would do instead, if you wanted something like this, is I would actually get two TFT feather wings and a feather M4 and have two SPI displays and then just like cut the CS and DC lines and then like change them on the second one and then like kind of wire over the SPI ports, the Pi portal is like, it's so hard coded for the 8-bit TFT. It's so optimized that like adding another screen is just not, it's really, you could do it, but you're not going to like it. Okay. Uh, so for I2C for multiple relays, SPI for live temp sensors, example use case, would this make sense? Um, SPI tends to be used for like really high speed stuff, like like data acquisition, like gotcha. very high-speed data acquisition. Um, are we still using the HDMI video capture adapter from the previous week? On the overhead, yes. On this camera, no, because I wanted to... Yeah, uh, we're, to, we're mixing and matching. So it's still working out. Um, we have them in order. Yeah, so, so you know, they've, they've been battle-tested. Um, I wanted to make sure I used lots of different uh, camera inputs. Uh, question, I just encountered my first set of bad NOR flash chips, and I thought they were basically foolproof. Do you folks see bad flash chips on your boards, do you flash test them? I've never seen a bad flash nor chip. So I'm not saying that you don't, but if you bought them from like a reputable vendor, like I buy my nor flash chips from DigiKey, I get the, the GD32 something somethings um, from GigaDevice. Um, I've, never, I've never seen a bad one. Um, okay. If they're wired properly, um, if they have the good pull-ups that you need on them, uh, they, they should just work, and they should work perfectly. Okay, folks liked your answers to those questions. Good work, Lady Ada. Yay, that's um, why it's called asking you. Yeah, that's right. Um, so here, we'll do two more, unless another one sneaks in. Um, which PCB board manufacturers do we like for large volume production? One is Advanced Circuits. Advanced Circuits, I've used JLC PCB. We should yeah. guide a video about it. Okay. Um, we used a 128 by 64 OLED Featherwing on a few weeks ago demos. Is that when is that going to come out? It's not out yet. Don't ask, but we, we have parts on order. Okay. The, the OLEDs, by the way, are getting a little difficult to, to get. Okay, opinions, and everyone can jump in in either chat for this. What's the best software for PCB design in 2020? There's, there's no best software. Yeah, it's no just best. whatever misery you're willing to put up with. Yeah, okay. Uh, when a board has FSNT components on both sides, it just has two trips through the same kind of reflow, or does the second side need a special handling? Um... You just take two trips to the stenciler and the pick and place it, it goes through twice. Um, you tend to do the delicate part second, and if possible, also the heavier part second, so you don't they're not upside down. Um, if you do have heavy parts and they get upside down, then you can get like jigs to keep them from falling out of the reflow oven, but we we tend not to do that. We tend to put both the heavy and the delicate parts on the top side, and then like passives and connectors on the bottom so they don't fall off. Okay, two last questions, and then we're going to play the... Uh Python hardware newsletter video. Yep. Follow-up question, this was about the certificate stuff. So in theory, I should not have to worry about a certificate as much on ESP32 versus ESP8266. 
8266 boards, less having to update one or two year time frame, thinking about expanding the number of white yes, devices. Yes, the SP32 has a lot more memory, a lot more flash, and also it, if you're using Airlift especially um, as a subprocessor, we store all these certificates, all these root certificates in it. I actually am not 100% positive if the ESP32 IDF does this automatically. Um, but if you go to our GitHub repo and look for Nina FW, Nina firmware, which is a fork from Arduino's, they, they actually wrote the code for Airlift, which is amazing. Um, you can see all the root certificates that are burnt in automatically into the firmware. So you want to just like make sure all of those are in there and get as many root certificates as possible. And we've done a pretty good job so far. Um, so that every time we've connected to a device with Airlift, we've had no problem. Like if we added like AWS IoT because that was we, we forgot one root cert. But the more you add, the the less likely it is you're going to bump into this problem because instead of the actual certificate, you have the certificate chain of trust. You just go up the chain until you hit something that you trust, and it says, "Okay, you're good all the way down." ESP two sixty six. I don't know if it does that. I don't know if it has enough memory. Um, to handle that. It might not have enough processing power. Okay. And then uh, another one came in. Uh, maybe if you're feeling up for a couple more. Uh, planning to use 15 plus 18 650 batteries and a 3S5 plus P-Config, but I'm not sure how it will work. Do you think this will be the best way of using them? This is a really bad idea. Okay. I'm not going to be able to stop you, but don't parallelize batteries. It's not, it's not a good idea unless you have... Okay. Unless you have a, a balancer to make sure that you're doing it right. So okay, really. I would put them in in one long series and then butt convert it down. Okay, really last one this time. How do yeah. I create a hardware serial one, two, three on the Adafruit Grand Central similar to the Arduino Mega Hardware serial? They're ports? already there. We've already pre created all the serial ports. Okay. All right, so those are the questions. Feel free to hang out together, which you are. People Great. And are doing while things. it's happening, you can listen to the newsletter. Yeah, so it's help like each other out. A um, visual podcast. Yeah, help each other out in chat. People are talking about KiCad and all the different PCB software, so get together on that. And let's listen to the calming tones that Katney's going to lay down for Python and hardware this week. Take it away, Katney. It's that time again. This is Katney with your weekly Python on Hardware news. Every week, we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through adafruitdaily.com. Head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters, or tune in each week to hear what's going on. Adafruit is working with the team to open safely as we continue to navigate COVID-19. We are following the same safety protocols we have been since the beginning and will continue to do so. At this time, regular non-COVID-related orders are shipping, but expect delays as we ramp up. We are working hard to get more items in stock, so if there is an out-of-stock item you're looking to purchase, sign up to be notified when it's back in stock. For more information, visit adafruit.com opensafely. The Seed Studio WIO Terminal is now officially supported by CircuitPython. The Seeds WIO Terminal is an Atmel SAMD 51-based microcontroller with wireless connectivity supported by a Realtek RTL8720DN, which supports both Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, providing a backbone for IoT projects. The RTL8720DN isn't currently supported, and therefore Bluetooth and Wi-Fi functionality are not currently available in CircuitPython. The WIO terminal itself is equipped with a 2.4-inch LCD screen, onboard IMU, microphone, buzzer, microSD card slot, light sensor, and infrared emitter. Details available on hackster.io and circuitpython.org. The first alpha release of CircuitPython 6.0 is out now. It is a renumbered version of 5.4.0 because I2C slave module and the class have been renamed to I2C peripheral. 
This is a breaking change. It's an alpha because the developers may rename or remove additional APIs. It is relatively stable. Feature-wise, this release adds basic lower power support when in time.sleep and initial ESP32 S2 support. The lower power work changed timekeeping and may have introduced bugs. Please use 5.3.0 if you need a stable version of CircuitPython. New features and improvements since 5.4.0 Beta 1 include SDIO and SD Card IO for native SD card support available on SAMD51 and Spresence, improved performance and bus IO support for ESP32-S2, support for the SAMI 54 a number of bug fixes, and improved Dutch, German, Brazilian, Portuguese, and Spanish translations. Thank you to everyone who was involved in this release. Check out this watch running CircuitPython based on the Open Hardware Summit 2020 badge. For more information, check out Sedacious on Twitter. SciPy 2020, the 19th Annual Scientific Computing with Python Conference, is a virtual conference being held July 6th through 12th, 2020. The annual SciPy Conference brings together over 900 participants from industry, academia, and government to showcase their latest projects, learn from skilled users and developers, and collaborate on code development. The full program consists of five days of tutorials and talks, July 6th through 10th, and two days of developer sprints, July 11th and 12th. Visit scipy2020.scipy.org to learn about the event. Humble Bundle is offering a pay-what-you-want offer for Python learning text with $1,400 worth of materials. A portion of each sale goes to the Python Software Foundation. Details available at humblebundle.com. In this week's CircuitPython Deep Dive livestream, Scott streamed his work with the ESP32-S2 SPI bug and discussed networking. Check out the latest video and past videos at adafru.it slash deepdive. Liz ported the Blink a Jump game from using an Adafruit Pi badge to using an LED matrix display. Check it out at BlitzCityDIY on Twitter. Development on the OpenBook e-ink reader continues with a new revision out in the last week. Joey writes, I've assembled and tested one, written a system test script and a sketch to burn the bootloader using a Feather M0, completed a first draft of the documentation, and I'm almost done with the Kitspace bomb. The goal for these is to sell the bare PCBs on Tindy for folks who want to build at home. I had hoped to have that done by the end of June, but pandemic drama has slowed me down. Still, they should be available by next week. Watch the Tindy store for updates. Details on hackaday.io. Thea wrote up a blog post about designing Winterbloom's Big Honking Button, a Eurorack module running CircuitPython. Check it out at blog.thea.codes. Anthony posts to Twitter, Aquarium automation consisting of an Adafruit Feather NRF52840 Express dev board plus four feather wings running CircuitPython. For more details, check out Vacant Third Man on Twitter. This project is an Espressive Systems ESP32-S2 Saola running CircuitPython 6.0.0 Alpha with the ESP32-SPI library to also use an Adafruit Airlift Featherwing for Wi-Fi. Python vs. Code posts to Twitter using the new PyLane language server in Visual Studio Code to get auto-imports. Davey posts to YouTube and Twitter a review of the PewPew M4 game development platform. In this week's episode of Microcontrollers with Kinger North, learn about using ultrasonic sensors with CircuitPython on Arduino, available on YouTube. FreeCodeCamp has added four new Python certifications. Details available at freecodecamp.org. After Les's post about using requests in JSON and Python, All About Code posted to Twitter testing out a new requests block in EduBlocks to create a simple COVID-19 tracker. Linux market share climbed to an all-time high in June. Details on omgubuntu.co.uk. 
PowerStamp is a USB-C power management module that provides power source management and charge control for IoT devices, programmable in MicroPython. Available on Kickstarter. For details, check out MyronWW on Twitter. MakerFabs posts to GitHub, a guide to building a MicroPython TTS weather broadcast based on ESP32 and audio. PDB Perks posts to Twitter, porting an Altair simulator to ESP8266 using MicroPython, an OLED display, and IR for GPIO, capable of octal data entry. Learn about web scraping crypto prices with Python using Beautiful Soup on TowardsDataScience.com. KoanLPy is a Python package for natural language processing of the Korean language. Details on KoanLPy.org. Learn how to create and modify PDF files in Python in this tutorial on RealPython.com. Radu posts to Medium how to get free historical and livestock prices and FX rates using Python. Learn Python in 10 minutes a day in this series on TowardsDataScience.com. Make your code great with Python style. Learn some tricks to write better Python code in this post on LiveCodeStream.dev. The number of CircuitPython-supported microcontrollers and single-board computers continues to grow. There was one new board added this week, the Seed Studio Wio Terminal. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There are three new Python and hardware-related guides in the Adafruit Learn system this week, including In the latest translated guide, Circuit Playground Express Piano de Limones, learn in Spanish how to build a light-up capacitive touch-tone piano complete with fruit in this guide from Alvaro Figueroa. Learn how to write a side-scrolling video game based on the Chrome browser's jumping dinosaur game Easter egg designed for the Adafruit Pi badge. Use CircuitPython's Display.io module to create sprites, text, and other game features to build your own game in this guide from Liz Clark. The current number of CircuitPython libraries is 262. This includes both the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython community libraries. There was one new library this week. Adafruit Circuit Python BH1750, as well as a number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org libraries to download the latest version of the Adafruit Circuit Python bundle. Included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team, Dan's continuing to work on an implementation of underscore BLEIO that supports the HCI Bluetooth protocol available on the ESP32 used in our airlift boards. He has first light. He can talk to the ESP32 and ask it simple commands. He's also fixed a number of small bugs in various BLE libraries, and there are still more to fix. Lucian worked on creating a timer management system for STM32, which allows various different modules in the port to share a pool of timer peripherals. The system allows modules to prioritize certain kinds of timers based on whether they have pins exposed, aiming for the minimum number of conflicts possible between the internal timer use, such as modules like PulseOut and RGB Matrix, and external use, such as PWMOUT. He also worked on some miscellaneous bug fixes to modules and peripherals affected by this new timer mediator, and fixed a crash related to Simplex SPI on the STM32. Melissa ported the PyPortal library over to Blinka so that many of the PyPortal examples work with little modification. As she's ported over examples, she's also found small bugs in the PyPortal library and Display.io for Blinka that she's slowly been fixing, which is leading to a more stable Display.io for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. Scott started to work on network-related libraries and brainstorming what the API should be for CircuitPython on the ESP32-S2. He's also hoping to reduce the memory overhead in making JSON requests because they are very common. He may also add memory debugging and monitoring APIs to better track how many allocations occur and what size for a section of code. EuroPython 2020 this year will be an online conference from July 23rd to 26th. 
Attending the conference days will require a ticket, and participating in the sprints will be free. Check out ep2020.europython.eu for details. PyCon AU has announced that they are holding PyCon Line AU in August. Check out 2020.pycon.org.au for more information. PyGotham is a New York City-based eclectic Pi-centric conference covering many topics. PyGotham TV is taking place October 2nd and 3rd, 2020, with a single track of talks presented online. The call for proposals is now open at cfp.pygotham.tv. Visit 2020.pygotham.tv for more information. PyCon India will be held online from October 3rd through 5th, 2020. A call for proposals is now open through the 14th of August. Visit in.pycon.org slash 2020 for details regarding the CFP and the conference. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. Translations make the project more accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open source project WebLate, we're making it even easier. You can create a new account just for WebLate, or sign in using other sites like Google or GitHub. If you write another language, visit adafru.it slash translatecp, sign in, and start translating. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 21,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it slash discord. And that is your Python on hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in again next week. All right. Thank you so much, Katni. And thank you, everyone on the CircuitPython team and the entire community who does so many things that we needed to make a newsletter. And that newsletter is now a big segment of our show because there's so much and stuff. And CircuitPython is, is the choice of the new generation. It is. As I said. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to see more and more folks uh, we're working with see now. And they're doing CircuitPython stuff on their hardware. So uh, that's our show for the uh, week, this week. That's right. Everyone. They're right um, tomorrow. JP's show. JP's show tomorrow, and then Scott has a uh, deep dive stream Fridays. on Friday. ESP32S2, it's happening. Please wear a mask. Um, we have been. Stay safe. Um, don't live through what we need to do in New York. Um, trust us on this. Uh, yeah, we're six, six weeks. When you place an order, we will ship it. We are open, smart, and safe. Um, these are pre-COVID photos, but we all thank you. Thank um, you, everybody. And special thanks to uh, the team in Discord that's there uh, in the community. Special thanks to Takara, who's behind the scenes. Thanks, Takara. On um, our Adafruit Slack and more. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, keep an eye on the blog. We will give you a real-time view of what's going on here in New York, what it's like to be a USA manufacturer, what it's like to be a woman-owned company, what it's like to be a group of interesting, diverse, inclusive people trying to navigate our way through all of this. Um, we'll show our work, we'll show our receipts, we'll share everything along the way, um, and you're all invited to be part of this adventure with us. So thank you, everybody, Come by. for keeping us going. We do appreciate it. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. Here's your moment of Zener. <laughs>